The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to another episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I am your host, Roger, along with my co-host, Jason, and we're back for another episode on a new topic this time. Uh, we just finished up a series, a uh, four-part series on anger. If you didn't get a chance to listen to those, you can go back and listen to those episodes. Uh, but today we're going to tackle a new topic, but before we get into it, uh, I ask you a question of something I don't know about you, Jason, is uh, growing up, did you have any role models that you followed, any kind of role models in sports, uh, any person that you used to look up to? In sports, man, that's interesting. You throw out the sports factor. I, look, I grew up in the 80s in Los Angeles. Who do you think I was looking up to? <laughs> uh, it's got to be Magic Johnson. Uh <laughs> And, and, and thinking teamwork and making everyone else around you better, whether in, you know, basketball or in soccer or whatever sport. So if you're talking sports, yeah, definitely someone like magic uh, would have been our role model. Uh, okay. Maybe Oral Hershiser too in baseball, just cause he was a, an outspoken believer. So again, if you're talking sports, we got some. <laughs> okay. Very good. How about you? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. I grew up, uh, we grew up watching a lot of sports uh, my family was in Michigan when my dad immigrated to this country. So the whole family or my dad was all Michigan fans, Detroit Tigers, the Michigan Wolverines, the Pistons, um, the, the, you know, oh, so it was, it was all it was all about Michigan. But for some reason, I got into liking the Boston Red Sox because I liked a pitcher who had the same name as I. So I was a kid. And so I looked up to Roger Clemens and I used to collect so many baseball cards and followed him and then followed him, you know, into his career when he went to Texas. And then he kind of had that downfall, which was a little bit sad toward the end of his career. But uh, yeah, we used to look up to all all different players in different sports. But um, yeah, it's. Interesting. Well, if you're bringing up Roger Clemens uh, and baseball cards, tell me, uh, what'd you do with all your baseball cards? I still have a lot of them. Um, and I tried to keep them in decent con- uh, condition, but I, yeah, I still have uh, a lot of what I collected uh, as a kid. So. Oh, okay. Didn't you sell yours for like 50 cents to some dealer and now they're worth millions of dollars? Right, right, right. That's what it is. <laughs> no, no. I was actually told that my 11,000 baseball cards that I had were worthless. That's what I was told. <laughs> yeah, so. that's, a, that's a very good dealer. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about those who have gone before us and talk about lessons that we can learn from those who have gone before us as a general topic. And we're going to talk about, it, of course, in the uh, realm of uh, believers and how we can think about that and the importance of it. So really the first thing we should talk about is the importance of reflecting on the, those who have gone before us. Um, what, what is the importance of that? Well, I mean, I think we know from just the way life is and the way we've lived, 
regardless of whether we want to learn from those who've gone before us, we are learning <laughs> from those who have gone before us. Yeah. Uh, I think it was interesting. We were talking in our couples group about a lot of the habits that we've picked up and learned and the way of relating even to our spouses um, that come from our own parents or people that we've been watching. So even if it's unconsciously doing so, we're, we are learning from those uh, who've gone before us or you know whether they're living or those that we read about. But I was thinking, you know, Philippians 3, verse 17, Paul says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Mm. So it's kind of interesting there. You, you kind of have almost three levels. You've got Paul, who's Paul and his associates who are being watched by this other group of people who Paul's saying, keep your eyes on them, Right. Join in imitating me. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And so part of the Christian life is looking at other examples, mm -hmm. looking at people who've gone before us, um, hopefully learning good habits, as he says, you know, the example that they have in imitating Paul. And of course, we know that Paul says, imitate me as I am imitating Christ. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, that's not always the case. And so we kind of look at first Corinthians, uh, chapter 10, verse six, where Paul says about the old Testament folks that he says, now these things <laughs> took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. So you've got the negative uh, examples too, where we have to learn from other people's mistakes yeah. and kind of grow in, in caution, knowing where they, the pitfalls are, where they've fallen and where, so we, where we shouldn't fall. So I think that the importance of reflecting on those who've gone before us is manifold. The two keys are one is how should I live? Uh, what are the, the ways in imitating Christ that we see in other people? Uh, and on the other hand, how shouldn't I live? Uh, looking at how they've kind of gone down the wrong path, pitfalls, mistakes they've made, um, etc. And if you think about how our heart uh, is shaped, in a way, we're shaped by each other. So as we're walking with one another, we're naturally shaping each other and uh, um, influencing each other, just naturally being in relationship with one another. But then we have those saints who have gone before us in the church yep. and really learning from their lives as you're talking about their example, whether uh, for good or for bad, in some ways, the things that, that had went wrong and that we can learn and be taught from them, I think is important. That's why the different generations in a church are so important. We're not yeah. all just one in the same, you know, phase of life. We all come from different backgrounds and have different experiences that help us uh, in our lives. And I think, you know, that's a really important point, Roger, that you're bringing up that gener you know, we've got these different generations in the church and we can learn from one another. One of the things I noticed from some of those who are in the older generations, uh, they feel inadequate, like they don't have anything to offer. You know, sometimes we talk about uh, helping in terms of mentorship and discipleship. And I have so many from our, you know, wonderful people from our congregation that go, man, I, what do I have to offer? <laughs> if only they knew just, yeah. just the experience they've gone through walking in this life as believers with, even with their stumbling and falling and all those things, yeah. uh, they just offer life carried by Christ and just conversing with people and talking about their experiences as believers 
is so helpful uh, to those looking on and learning from them. Mm-hmm. So when you think about, you know, examples that you've had in your life personally, uh, who have been those people that you have looked for as an example or as a model uh, for your own walk with the Lord? You know, it, at different phases in life, it's been kind of different people, mm-hmm. right? It, uh, early on, my family members, uh, my grandmother, uh, for instance, on my on my maternal side, uh, and then my dad, you know, mm. my, my own father. These are, these were f- fantastic examples to me. I I learned the kind of this this prayerful dependence on the Lord from both of them. So my maternal grandmother was a prayer warrior, mm. just just a real simple but deep faith where she would pray for uh, all sorts of people, anyone that wanted <laughs> prayer, she would be willing to pray awesome. for you. We used to just joke about putting a picture up on her, uh, you know, China cabinet and, and you know, you're going to get prayed for. And she would always want me to look for answered prayer. And so when we would talk and she said, Hey, I've been praying for that. What's the answer? What's happened? And sure enough, you talk about it. You go, yeah, you know what? The Lord did answer um, mm-hmm. those prayers. And, and same with dad. Uh, just talking to him about a, a faithful life, just trusting the Lord every step of the way as he, yeah. I knew of his journeys from the old country to here and how the Lord opened doors and things. Um, later on, professors uh, in seminary became examples, hmm. uh, godly men that I looked to and I liked what what I saw in terms of their Christ-likeness and plus their uh, you know, scholarliness, so to speak. Um, and then lately I've been looking at some older pastors who are godly men that have mentored me, uh, some of them without even knowing that they were mentoring me. How about you? That's good. Yeah. I think if, if you say there's different times and different people in your life, you know, for me, not growing up in uh, believing household and not becoming a believer until my twenties, but when I did become a believer um, and I was part of a, a Bible study group, the young family there that I used to go to every Sunday night. So we had Sunday night church. It was a college ministry. And after that service, they had Bible study. And I went every single week and it was a young couple. They had just had their first child. Uh, I can't believe she's like 21 now. Um, oh man, <laughs> It's many years, but they were the people I looked up to. And in that group, there was an older gentleman who we absolutely loved, who was in his seventies, a widower. Um, and he just had so many life lessons. They had so many lessons because they grew up in a Christian household. And so, I mean, I knew nothing. And just learning what it means to trust the Lord, go before the Lord, what it means just to live as a believer. I just, those life lessons uh, were yeah. so important. Even seeing a marriage together, two people that actually liked each other and mm-hmm. had their struggles, but they, they really honored the Lord with their marriage and, and they were open and honest and it was just such a, a great time. And then, you know, as I went to seminary, as professors came into life, that was impactful on a whole nother level. And then just over time, you know, friends and, and, and such. So it's just watching people who are followers of Jesus do life. Yeah. And observing what that looks like in a, in a real earth kind of context. And it's so good 
it doesn't have to be this formal uh, mentorship, even just watching sometimes from a distance, you <laughs> learn so much. Uh, and, and same with reading about people. So we'll talk about that. I know in a little by, in a little while, but um, we're just trying to look at how other people are living out their Christian life daily and learning from that, getting cues and clues from that. You know, so we think about the positive, positive examples of people that we're looking to looking for things we can learn from them. You know, as we were talking about before, there is a flip side of this. Mm. And I think there is a danger that we can all fall into and that people fall into in the world that we live in today. Um, and, and we live in the world of social media. We live in a world where everybody can have a platform. Everybody can right. be known. Everybody can share their thoughts and ideas. And so you have so much information out there. So many people who are out there and you have a lot of people who become uh, examples or models who we don't know. So we have no relationship with these people, right. but we follow them. So the, the clearest example to me is what we call the celebrity pastors, right? Yeah. These pastors that are extremely well-known, they hit all of the conferences, they're big speakers and they draw large crowds. And we went to the conferences, yeah. we were drawn in by that. We were attracted to those names and, and, and still are in a way to, to some names that, that make an impact, but we, we've never had a relationship. We've never had a conversation yeah. with those people. Right. And so yeah. thinking about that and thinking about the danger of the following yeah. um, people as our example, what do you think of that? Yeah. So there, there are always risks in following people and looking through. So we're looking and trying to learn from these examples, but I think what you have to ask yourself and what I have to ask myself when I look at these celebrity pastors that I look up to, that I enjoy listening to, and I, you know, what is it about them mm. that I find so attractive? Yeah. Is it that they are celebrities, which so often is the case. <laughs> That's what I like. Oh, everybody likes them. Everyone's mm. listening to them. Everyone's quoting them. Everyone, you know, if that's what I'm attracted to, then I think I've got to evaluate and ask myself if that's a godly heart yeah. or if somehow that's a rebellious heart. Um, and on the other hand, the ones that you're talking about that we know and we've watched, usually it's not because of how loved they are or how everyone's quoting them or anything. It's usually we've been touched by them personally. We've been, they've, they've cared for us. They've nurtured us. They've done something sacrificial to, to lift us up. And I think those are the ones that we really need to be emulating in those ways. It's, you know, Christ getting down on his, his hands and knees and, and washing the feet of his disciples. That's, that's what we need to be emulating. Not the fact that there are all these people reading their books or, or listening to them preach. So I guess ask yourself, what is it about this person that I'm looking to as an example that is so attractive to me? And ask yourself if that's a good thing or a bad thing, a godly reason. Is that wanting to be great like the world wants to be great? Yeah. Or wanting to be great like those who follow Christ want to be great? So you mean I can't take one of your quotes from a sermon and and quote it and post it all over Facebook? Oh no, for okay. me, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You could you want to follow likes. 
<laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll double our subscribership overnight with that. <laughs> so right. we'll have two. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, what gain, a, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Not bad. So, I mean, there, there are other dangers in following yeah. other, you know, people, people as models or examples. Yeah. I, I think character is something we want to use as a model or example, but not always gifting, right? I, I, what I mean is, you know, I might find someone very impactful in my life, but I may not have the same spiritual gifts that that person has. Yeah. And if I try to imitate that person and that's just not my gifting, then I'm setting myself up for kind of misery because it's not working, so to speak. Right. But what we're supposed to emulate, I think, biblically looking at what we see in scripture, I think it's the character, it's the heart, it's the self-sacrifice, and it's really the fruit of the spirit that's being born in them, um, rather than some of this other external stuff that that maybe we like to imitate. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that, you know, if 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 they're helping to connect us more to Christ, they're helping us love Christ more then it's not becoming about the person. I think the danger is it becomes about the person right. and the focus is taken off of Christ. So their words hold such a weight that it seems that, you know, whatever they say becomes truth instead of right. being the Berean and saying is what they're saying true, because we don't know their character. We just know they're gifting and sometimes gifting hides what's wrong in their character. Um, and sometimes People don't want to become popular and celebrity. They're not seeking that, but they become that. And, and, and words are just thrown around so easily and quotes are thrown around that you forget. No, it's not man's words we're supposed to live on. It's, it's, it's scripture. Are, are they really drawing us to scripture? Is it really true what they're saying? So we might give a pass and not think, is it true what they're saying and just take it um, uh, for truth. And, and then we become like those we, we follow. I mean, again, we're talking about how we're shaping, even though we may not uh, see them and connect with them, we're becoming like those that we listen to. And that shapes what we think about God, what we think about ourselves. We see that. We see that when we ask people, I'll, I'll ask people, who, who do you listen to a lot? And mm-hmm. kind of helps me understand uh, their thinking. Yeah. And, and we only, when it's a cel- celebrity pastor, for instance, we're only seeing the public persona, like you're yes. saying, right? So imagine you're imitating only this public aspect without the personal part of that impacting those relationships. So I know, for instance, I think about this all the time. I go and I speak at retreats at times. Mm-hmm. For me, the most important part of being effective as a speaker at those retreats is not, I mean, yes, I want to be giving them the word of God in as much clarity as possible. But oftentimes it's the personal contact that I have with them at meals, uh, knowing, learning their names, interacting with them that allows them to be more open to what I'm now going to offer them because they know they can trust me, let's say. And so when we're imitating just the public stuff, maybe attitudes, what we think is the attitude, because that's all we're seeing is the public and we're missing out on that private aspect. uh, I I think we're, we're asking for it. We're asking for trouble. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we can connect a little too much to a person, a celebrity pastor, when we call that person our pastor. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, you listen to somebody and, 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 and we're not knocking people having influence, praise the Lord, the gospel is going forth and the words being heard. Just some of the dangers that we can fall into if we think somebody is our pastor who we've never met. And that can happen in a big church. I was in a big church. I never met the pastor. I was there for four or five years. Never once did I ever shake his hand or actually he know my name. I knew he knew a lot of people. There were people who knew him. Sure. It's just a big church. You can't expect a pastor of a 5,000 plus member church to know every person. That's not realistic. Yeah. Um, and that, and that, brings us to a whole different episode we'll have to do is on you know thinking of church just to church and the doctrine of the church is there is there any sense i know not a hard fast number of people that is the max for a congregation but i mean is there warrant is there merit to thinking about should we even have massive churches Uh, when you look at the way the new testament talks about leadership and mentorship and the elders and things, but that's a, sorry, that's a different episode, but you brought it up. I don't know. Stop. stop <laughs> well, okay. Then I'll get you back on track. Okay, so please. we've been talking about, uh, uh, you know, those who uh, have a lot of influence. And uh, at the same time, we know that, that all of those who have platforms and, and those who don't have platforms, uh, have faults of their own. And sometimes we see major failures in those that we follow. And so how about those that we've looked to that have failed us? Maybe it's been a big moral failure of a uh, celebrity pastor we know that we followed that fell, or maybe it's somebody personally in our life. But what about those who have seemed to yeah. have failed us? I'll tell you what, I think it comes down to, Roger, how they have dealt with the failure. Uh, almost more than the failure itself. Let me, we'll come back to some of the big moral failures that we've seen even in the recent past, but I've seen, for instance, I've kind of watched some uh, youth leaders and pastors in my, in my past life as a student or even professors who have acted in ways that were unbecoming of a believer. And first I had shock, like, oh, that's someone I looked up to. Why, why are they acting this way? And then I just kind of watched. Those who humbled themselves felt the burden of what they had done and, and you know, apologized, sought forgiveness, and, and humbly acknowledged the need for grace. Those I loved as a model because it showed me how you handle when you have messed up and we all do we sin uh those who kind of remained in their hard-headedness their stubbornness didn't acknowledge it almost made others out to be guilty of over their own sin those were the ones that it just it kind of broke your heart because you you suddenly question whether you could have learned you know whether there's anything that they taught you that's still uh worth following which shouldn't be the case, you know, we should be able to separate those, but, but I think you get that, that burden. So that comes back to some of these big name guys when we're seeing, and we've talked about on this uh, show uh, itself, we talked about Ravi Zacharias, for instance, and others like him who have these massive moral failures. And again, I'm looking at what was their response when they were called out and uh, it's tough. It hopefully points us back to Christ. The only one, 
never failed and will never fail us. Um, but sometimes it makes us uh, just doubt anyone and everyone. Yeah. One of the things I've thought about uh, to add on to that is that uh, there have been some that I've known that I haven't had any contact with after finding out things. Mm. And so having to deal with that, I've tried to make a separation from the truth that was taught in the person. So I look at it like this, that the truth they taught is not true because of them. It's only true because it's scriptural truth. So if if it was true in scripture, then I can hold on to that truth. And I'm not holding on to that person. Now everything is false. And, and so there are, there's that tension of, of, of the reality that people do fail, they fail miserably, and and we've seen it, um, and and we have to hold on to the hope of God's word and what He has said, not in our hope in man um, yep. that will continuously fail us, except the man Christ who will never fail us. Amen. As we think about you know this topic and think about lessons, uh, one of the Uh, other aspects of this is learning from those that have gone before Mm -hmm. by also seeing how others have written about them and seeing about saints who aren't alive today or some who are alive. I mean, there's been biographies of people who are still alive. It's kind of interesting, (laughs) but, but thinking about biographies of believers and the role that biographies play now, if we talk about that much or, you know, I don't hear many conversations of what, what latest biography are you reading? But I think it's an important uh, addition to our, our diet of reading yeah. is adding in biographies every so often yep. uh, to our Christian life. How have they affected you? What do you think of, of biographies? And I, I think just what we've been talking about, the importance of kind of looking at how other people have lived out their life for the Lord, uh, learning from their habits, kind of seeing ways in which they uh, sought to grow in their relationship with Christ. So for me, I love reading biographies when I get a chance. Um, I, I think of, for instance, I, I, I've read the, the lives of Philip and Matthew Henry, uh, this okay. kind of kind of both of their stories. And looking at their, just the trials they went through and how they faced those trials is mm. always so helpful for me. Um, you know, you, you watch their interactions. Some of these men from, uh, from old, they actually diaried, right? They, they, they journaled yeah. their struggles, their pains. Uh, I think of George Mueller, for instance, another one uh, who uh, journaled thousands of pages from what I understand and, and journaled about the miracles he saw in his life. And you read those and you're so encouraged and it helps me to, to cry out, you know, to the Lord and desire after the Lord in that same way. Sometimes if we think of it in the wrong way, it can crush us and make us feel guilty that we're not like them. And I think that's a bad way, you know, to (laughs) use it. Instead, just be encouraged that the spirit of God did that in them and he is in you and he can draw you. Look, he's drawing you now, right? As you're reading it um, and just use it as a kind of a, a, a launching pad in, in some ways. Um, or in, in terms of your reading, have you done a lot of biography reading? I used to do a lot more than I do today. 
I used to try to do one a year, mm-hmm. just adding into it. And so, you know, the George Mueller, I remember all those stories of him and how God miraculously provided, yeah. you know, reading other Puritans like Thomas Boston and learning about his life, learning mm-hmm. from about J.C. Ryle's life. You know, it's just fascinating learning how God had moved and worked in these lives. And I always look at biographies as it's a testimony of God. Yes. What has he done in these people's lives? How has he used them for his glory in their time period, in their context with all of their sin, suffering, and everything else that's included in the life that we live in this broken world? And they always encourage me. I haven't read a biography and regretted reading it. I've always yeah. been encouraged by something about that person's life that was so unique yeah. because only God can write the story of our lives. So I Amen. think they're just reminders. Remember, you're not the first one to walk this path. God has done amazing things. And the hero of the story is always Scott at the end of these biographies. Amen. And, and let me say this. I really liked reading, um, for instance, the biography of John Wesley. Mm-hmm. And, and I, 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 I like to read the biographies of those that I don't think I even agree with theologically. Sure. And yeah. one of the reasons is because it, it creates a better context to understand them. When you see what Wesley went through, when you understand the background of his life and what was drawing him to Christ and what was going on around him, you stop getting so focused on this theological minutia <laughs> and going, oh, I think he's wrong here or there. And you go, wow, God, not only changed his heart, worked in him, but also used him yeah. mightily. And so just like you said, these stories are really about God's work, uh, not these men or women. It's it's the Lord in working through the men and women uh, to, to do his great deeds. Yeah. The latest biography I, I want to pick up is the newest one on Sproul um, yeah. that came out. I think this last year or it was 2020, maybe it was that it came out, but I'm like, I really want to read it because I know you've studied a lot of him. I've listened to a lot of him, but I've only read a few of his books, but I don't know much about his life other than the statements he would make right. when he would, when he would teach. And I, I just want to, learn about that because i think it would just yeah. be an encouragement so uh yeah biographies are great for for the soul yeah well it's been a good time to think about these lessons uh, from those who have gone before us uh, well i think we're going to do in our next episode is actually talk about lessons that we can learn from those who have gone before us by looking at a particular person um, and you'll have to join next time to actually find out who we're going to talk about. Um, but we hope you enjoy this conversation. And if you have any questions or feedback, of course, send us an email. Uh, you can comment on Facebook, but please share the podcast with others if you enjoy it, if it's helpful to you. Uh, as always, if there's any criticism, you know how to reach Pastor Jason. But, uh, <laughs> you know, give us a like on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. We're on all the different podcast platforms. And uh, we'll hope, we hope that you will uh, come back and join us next time for our conversation and uh, some lessons that we're going to learn from a believer in the past. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to 
feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.